Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm your host, Nora, and I'm joined by Jackson. What's up? M. Oi. Oi. And Autumn. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. That one What do you by. mean? <laughs> that one get the fuck out of my house. Uh, we are here to read some freaking Hobbit. This is the freaking Hobbit episode. The Hobbit. Hobbit. Uh, we read the first nine chapters. Uh, yes. I feel like I fucked up because I looked at the, I was like oh 19 chapters we'll do 9 and 10 if you look at where the book here mm-hmm. we've we're going more than halfway into this book yeah now. we are well more yes. than halfway the 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 ratio uh, like if you look at the um chapter the, lengths on the audiobook yeah <laughs> or the book that I'm holding in my hand yeah that too uh we if are definitely uh we are about 30 pages past the halfway point uh which is not is that so, right yeah Look oh, at the audiobook length. Minutes. We've had three chapters over an hour in this bit, and no chapters over an hour as we go. Yeah, that's uh, most I chapters like, under half for... an hour after this. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so I've divided this sort of section of the book into four distinct arcs, and we're going to summarize them, I guess. Yes, we're going to talk about them in turn. I'm going to let one of us lead. The discussion in each part. Okay. Each of these corresponds to a time in which Bilbo and the dwarves are captured, which happens <laughs> conveniently four times in this <laughs> in this half of the book. M. Yeah. Would you be so kind as to introduce us to the unexpected party and Bilbo's trolls and other such events? I, I guess I, I guess I could do that up yeah. until we go underground. Up until we go underground, I guess that happens way sooner than you'd think. Yeah, because like chapter five is riddles in the dark. Yeah, that's true. All right, so Bilbo Baggins is a hobbit who lives in a hole in the ground, and he doesn't. That doesn't mean a dirty hole, and it doesn't mean like a dusty hole. It means just a nice, comforting home, and that's where he lives. We said and then summarize, not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just summarizing. And then Gandalf shows up and he's a wizard and like wizards, he likes to meddle and he invites, he's, he has a whole task where he's helping some dwarves reclaim their kingdom because a dragon came and fucked it all up. And it's been like two generations and everyone's kind of chilling. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help them go take it back because it suits him. There's like more reasons, but they're not really relevant to this book and we'll get to them. Um, I mostly don't want to talk about future stuff. But I do want to state that I know that like, Lord of the Rings reframes the events of the Hobbit in a weird way, and we'll talk about it when we get to like Council of Elrond stuff, um, because it's interesting. Um, but that's a couple episodes from now. Um, anyway, he gets them all here, and he they've, he's convinced the dwarves that uh, Bilbo's going to be the burglar that helps them sneak into the the dragon's den at the Lonely Mountain, far off in the uh, east where they're going. Um, and Bilbo didn't know about this, and he's not into it. But uh, you know, enough so- song uh, songs in the night, and enough beer, and uh, nice food, and Bilbo kind of agrees, just non-committally enough for everyone, all the dwarves to think he said yes. Uh, when Gandalf likes, yeah, of course. Um, next morning, he runs off with them, goes on an adventure. That adventure uh, mostly seems to be like riding horses, chilling out, having a good time. Um, Right up until the point where it's not, because it turns out actually uh, adventures are great when you're like leaving the Shire, but after you leave the Shire, it just sucks. It's just like quiet bits um, and bullshit. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, they, they find a bunch of trolls. Uh, they're like, oh, it's, it's a great time to show them what for get captured immediately. Gandalf saves them all because that's what Gandalf does. Like, ah, oh, Gandalf, you saved us. Thankfully, we have a wizard with us because we'd be screwed without you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then they, you know, that, that happens and they, they, they get swords. Everyone gets cool swords. And then they, they're in the foot. They're going towards the mountains. Um, and he's like, Oh, I know what we can do. We can rest and we will meet Elrond. And they meet Elrond and uh, he's an elf and he has this house. And it's implied this is like, just like the nice, like way station in the middle of nothing right before things get real dire. And they hang out there for what, like two weeks or something. And yeah. time passes. They all get new horses. They, they're all like well fed. They're all like, man, it rules here. Why would we, who cares about the lonely mountain? But it's time to go. And then they have to go. And like literally like, you know, 20 minutes down the road, car breaks down. They're all like captured by <laughs> goblins. It's a fucking disaster for everyone involved. Um, 
they're like sleeping they're all sleeping again like uh goblins approach in the night bilbo wakes up and goes goblins uh gandalf immediately turns invisible phantasmo style and like bounces (laughs) from the whole situation uh and everyone else gets captured and bilbo gets stranded and that leads to the next situation which is not my job to cover so do we want to i didn't like discuss any of the structure with any of you but do we want to talk about this first section of the book or yeah. do we want to do summaries yeah i think we should oh do i was gonna say we're summarize the whole thing and then yeah, talk okay. about Let's it summarize yeah it. I, th- I think generally speaking when we get to um like lord of the rings we'll probably do it chapter by chapter but the hobbit is such yes. a big uh you know this is gonna be a slightly more yeah. general focus autumn would you tell me about bilbo's adventures under the mountain uh up until the end of the first movie (laughs) (laughs) up until the eagles i just okay so so from over hill and under hill to out of the to to the end of out of the frying pan into the fire yes okay yeah um so the dwarves and bilbo uh are taken by the goblins um gandalf not taken by the goblins uh as em said uh and the goblins are like trying to figure out why the dwarves were here because they're just not they just do not buy the explanation that there was just 15 guys just like hanging out in the mountains going somewhere else they're like no these dwarves were obviously here to kill us uh and so they're getting ready to kill the dwarves um gandalf shows back up uh saves their asses again um they run 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 as they're running um uh one of the dwarves was carrying bilbo because he's too small um can't run fast enough he drops bilbo and so uh bilbo wakes up in the dark sometime later maybe like an hour or two later something like that um and uh luckily the goblins didn't really see him because he's so small and he kind of fell off into a little corner or the passageway they're going through and so it turns out fine and bilbo wakes up and he doesn't know where the fuck he is because he's under a mountain and um he starts walking and he meets a little guy (gasps) <gasps> he meets a little guy named Gollum Sort of a Grogu? No <laughs> In the Rankin-Bass one Gollum is a Grogu I I guess I, I Show me Rankin-Bass Gro- uh, Gollum You said Grogu I did say Grogu That's the only one You know show what That's a, a Grogu He does kind of look like Littlefoot he does look a little yes, bit Yes, he like does him. look like Littlefoot. God damn it. He does also it. look like Littlefoot. <laughs> where, is the, where is this? I can't find the thing you've posted. Oh, we didn't post it. We were just in Google Images. Oh, okay. Uh, for yeah. Rankin Bass Gollum. Here, I'll post in the in the chat here. I posted it in my mind. <laughs> That's a little Any- Grogu. <laughs> it's a little Grogu and a lot of Littlefoot. Anyway... Bilbo meets this guy. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Bilbo wakes up. He finds a ring on the ground. Picks it up. Puts it in his pocket. That seems like a trivial detail to go back and start over. You know what? It, it was a turning point in Bilbo's career, though we wouldn't know it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, gets this ring. Meets with Gollum. Uh, Gollum says, I know a way out of the mountain. And if you can... Um, fool me with a riddle, and I can't solve it, then I'll show you the way out. But if I fool you with a riddle, um, then I get to eat you. Trust me, Cage, it's the only way! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they go back and forth with a couple, and Bilbo's getting more scared and more scared and more scared, and he feels this ring in his pocket, and he's like, what is in my pocket? And Gollum's like, that's not a fucking riddle, but okay. <laughs> Shelbos um, moved to like accept this. Yeah, yeah. If I was Gollum, I just would not let Bilbo do this to me. Ah, the influence of the ring. <laughs> the ring doesn't influence people. That's not a. That's not a feature the ring has. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um. So, uh, Bilbo wins and. Gollum is like, fine, I'll show you the way out. Uh, except he's not going to do that. He tries to go to his little hidey hole and find his ring so he can turn invisible and uh, kill Bilbo anyway. Um, and Bilbo figures out that if he puts the ring on, he turns invisible. 
Uh, and so he follows Gollum out and, like, tricks him. Uh, Gollum realizes that motherfucker definitely has my ring that makes me invisible, but, uh, unfortunately, uh, Bilbo outfoxes him and gets out of the mountain, meets up with dwarves and Gandalf, um, fools them all by, like, showing up invisible and then, like, appearing in the middle of them, um, and they're running from the goblins, and, uh, some fucking evil wolves that can talk, I think, show up, uh, and chase them up into trees, and they're really fucked this time, and Gandalf is like, wait, I don't fucking know what to do, and he's ready to die, he's ready to just, like, (laughs) die killing these wolves, but luckily some eagles show up from fucking nowhere and save their asses. Oh, that's not true. The Eagle King is watching. Like, what the fuck's going on over there? It's like ten o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, there. They, it, it, it has like it a is... cutaway scene to the Eagle King, which is like the first time this book formally does that. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, this is his yard. Yes. So, what the fuck? I, I guess that's true. I guess it, I guess he's like, who's making all that racket in my in my front yard? Have I lost everyone, or did everyone just? Quiet? I, I think we lost the Blakes. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we must have. Yep. They've turned invisible. <laughs> Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Hello. 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 So, yeah, I was just saving that. I was just saying that they get saved by eagles. Um, and someone else take over the summary now. Jackson. Yo. Tell me about some queer lodgings and uh, the forest of Berkwood. Uh, well, <laughs> they, after this, have uh, basically nothing. Their inventory is zero. Uh, they lost all their <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, they had to be saved by eagles. They have nothing but, uh, except some like epic loot that is their swords. <laughs> yes. Um, which, which they are holding on to. Uh, so they've got that, and Gandalf's chatting with the eagles, and they're like, we're like magic eagles, uh, we can't fly n- near the realms of men, they shoot us with arrows. <laughs> um, and so Gandalf's like, that's fine, that's chill, just drop us off here, there's a guy, he can probably help out, uh, cheers cheers for everything. And they're like, alright, mm. sweet, goodbye, see you later. Uh, that guy is Bjorn, uh, B-E-O-R-N. I, I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't it? Bayorn? Probably Bayorn. Probably, probably Bayorn, yeah. Um, uh, I never really thought about how you say it. I think I think <laughs> Rob Inglis says Bjorn. And to, I, to the um, point that I thought maybe this was spelled B-J-O-R-N. <laughs> yeah, yes, except, except Tolkien's riffing on Anglo-Saxon stuff and not Norse stuff, so he would probably stab you if you said that. Yes, no, this pronounces will... it as a very perfect medium between the two vowel sounds that y'all are making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Googling, how exactly do I pronounce Beowulf? And then put it into this. <laughs> uh, then it would be, if it was if it was meant to be like Beowulf, it'd be Beorn. Beorn. Yeah. Um, that'd be just my guess, but I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not 100%. Uh, anyway, uh, they go to Beorn's house, and Gandalf confounds this guy who just kind of, like, lives alone. <laughs> he can turn into a bear, but he doesn't do it in front of anyone. Uh, but, it, <laughs> but trust me, he can do it, and it's really fucking scary. <laughs> so... In order to get this guy who is kind of grumpy and lives on his own and can turn to a bear and kill you, um, to not kill all 14 really annoying dwarves and hobbits, he starts telling him a story of how, like, the, the last few chapters, but then has the dwarves keep coming in, like, one by one, or two by two, every five minutes, so you can never get that far into the story, to the point where all this guy's thinking about, just fucking finish the story, yes, no, come in, have my food, I don't care, what is going on? Eventually it all works, all of them are in the house, he tells them the story and he's like that is a great story uh they stay for a few for a few days uh they have a good time with Bayon, but he sets them up with a uh new new like equipment i guess new ponies uh and they ride the ponies to the uh forest of mirkwood where gandalf's like all right peace and <laughs> the dwarves and bilbo are like this did you not say this was the most dangerous part and he was like yeah but uh i got shit to do that may or may not be the shit i did in the movie <laughs> But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see as we get to the Silmarillion and other stuff where what actually Gandalf is doing in this time in this version of the canon. But in this, he just says, I gotta go. 
you're not the only guys I'm looking after. You'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. And he bounces and they go to Melkwood Forest. The one thing he says is don't. <laughs> now, what you've got to do <laughs> is not lose track of the road. Like, then you'll get lost and you'll never find it again. Uh, so they lose track of the road. Immediately. <laughs> like, no. literally immediately. <laughs> not immediately. <laughs> well, they're, they're tracking towards... Um, the Merkwood elves, because they see some fire in the distance, they lift like Bilbo up, up the uh, up the trees, and he sees above, uh, and they go in that direction. But they all get kidnapped by spiders uh, and uh, like trapped in horrible uh, things by the spiders of the forest. Uh, but Bilbo goes invisible and just starts murking everyone. He <laughs> that's why they call it Merkwood. <laughs> that's why they call it Merkwood because he's going out to all these like last time he was like, oh damn, what can I do without without a. Gandalf, and now Gandalf's gone, and uh, Bilbo's like, alright, time to step up, all these spiders getting got. Uh, <laughs> saves literally everyone, except Thorin, uh, because where could Thorin be? Uh, as he saved everyone from the spiders, and they must continue on from here. Uh, I Should I stop now? Because there's only one chapter left of this. Nora, take it away. I don't remember how he gets... Th- no, right, okay. So... <laughs> Thorin, however, has also been captured, not by spiders, but by wood elves. And um, very soon afterward, as uh, Bilbo and the dwarves are moving through the forest, trying to find their way back to the trail, or at least back to um, something familiar, they are uh, captured by more wood elves. And um, Bilbo manages to slip away with the ring. And follows them to the Elven King's Hall, which uh, I believe is also a cave, but it, uh, not the same sort of dreary cave that the goblins live in. This was a note that was called to attention to. Um, he finds out that Thorin is also being held prisoner, and the rest of the doors don't get told that Thorin is there, and Thorin doesn't get told that the other doors are there, and Bilbo sort of exists as as a as a as a wraith in the in the hall just like sneaking around for a few days stealing food hanging out in the shadows being invisible doing hobbit stuff i guess decidedly unhobbit stuff actually yeah very unhobbit like behavior yes um very dreadfully inappropriate for a hobbit but eventually he manages to think of a plan because the elves have this whole barrel system in place where barrels of stuff come down the river to them, they unload them, and they send the empty barrels down even farther down the river where they're collected by other people. Mm-hmm. So he invisibly sneaks everyone out of their cells into some barrels, and the barrels all get dumped, and he has to ride on one because he didn't get into a barrel. And they make it down the river, and they get washed up uh and i think that's where they the, end. did they the, get out of the barrels this, here this chapter i recall ending with like and then they just kind of like they wash up and um they get captured by some people in the big net and there's like a bunch of barrels in the net yeah and, and tolkien himself kind of like hand waves past like the next part wasn't that exciting but the journey to the east had had ended and now we get into the next part of the journey you know um, but they, I don't think they've left the barrels yet, as of our, where we are on this episode of the podcast. Okay. No, because this chapter ends with Bilbo alone having to deal with some shit again. Again! Because he's basically <laughs> gone from just being, like, a grumpy British guy to Ezio in about three chapters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of cute, almost, um, the way that, like... So the book starts with, like, these idiot dwarves and this hobbit keep getting into trouble, and the wizard has to show up and save their asses. And then the wizard fucks off, and so the hobbit's like, I guess I have to save them, because none of them are going to step the fuck up. <laughs> uh, it's really cute. I guess hobbits are just less scared of spiders than they are of goblins. He he turns into a stone-cold killer so quick. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he does have... A magic sword that's really good at cutting stuff. He does have a magic sword. 
And an invisibility ring. And an invisibility that ring. That helps a lot. That helps a also, lot. Also, you get in mortal danger more than once, and you just get kind of get used to it. Like, well, Bilbo's <laughs> whole thing is, like, the first time he's, like, cowering in a corner, like, peeing himself. And then the third time, he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to turn invisible. I know you have questions. Save them. Boom. <laughs> invisible. Stabbing, guys. <laughs> I guess I guess it's not too hard to be like a stone cold killer when you've got no clip and like <laughs> yes. one hit KO sword. You said Ezio, now I'm just thinking about Bilbo holding the apple of Eden. <laughs> anyway, um, I uh, so I really am enjoying the book so far. My most of that enjoyment does come from the fact that like. I just think this book is very funny, and, like, probably the first six or seven chapters, I knew every line before I read it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's just so much, like, quotable shit and, like, just funny little bits that stick out in my memory. Um, like, the fucking trolls arguing until they all turn to stone, and... Yeah, there's just... It's just some fucking fairy tales. It's just some fucking bedtime stories. But I do really like... Uh, I just like this book a lot. Uh, the thing for me about The Hobbit is... The idea of hobbits. Like, like a holy Tolkien invention is... You know, in the middle of this fantasy land... There's just some British people. Like, <laughs> modern British people. And they fucking suck. They're just the <laughs> miserable dirt worst. I hate them. They hate each other. They, they live in this beautiful land and none of them can appreciate it. They have everything and they're just, they just are terrible. Just infighting and bullshit all the way through. Uh, and then a wizard comes and is like, you know, actually, you could make something of yourselves if you, if you just left this like stupid suburban bullshit and like went with me. And he takes him on this journey through like, we see it here where they, they like, they, there's a part where they're like, we reach this area, like we reach the end of the, where there were city like villages and we reached the area where we stopped like singing songs and telling tales. And we mostly just rode our horses through like hard scrabble lands and they come across various aspects of like traditional Anglo-Saxon like places like hostile like the, the elves live in like in like a huge hollowed out like grassy mountain uh elrond has a home B- uh, bayorn has like a literally like a wooden hall like hrothgar and beowulf uh does where you come in and he has like hospitality rules where he'll take people in and guard safeguard you and help you on your way which is like in all of like you know when we get to like oral tradition old societies this like hospitality rules were a big part of interacting with people because people walked around and you know you didn't know who anyone was so you know you gotta you take care of people and you don't misjudge your host's trusts and things like that um but you have a bunch of dwarves who are just giant assholes too the thing with the dwarves is like they're like the most resistant people who have ever lived to anything <laughs> doesn't matter what it is they hate it just automatically <laughs> they're like a great foil because otherwise bilbo would be the worst character in the world but he's around 13 guys who suck more than him and that's what <laughs> makes him like charming and good <laughs> and gandalf who like also sucks in like the most fun way because yes uh he's like irritated he's also irritated when anyone asks him anything in either direction where when everyone's like uh gandalf why do you take control of everything he's like stop fucking questioning me and then when everyone's like gandalf why can't you do it for us he's like do fucking do it yourselves do you think i'm made of it <laughs> like those are his only, only two responses um <laughs> while he's like kind of he's only really sent bill on this adventure at least as far as we know in this book i don't remember exactly how this plays out in lord of the rings um but in this book he's like I think it'd be good, like for him, for the dwarves, for the world. I guess yes. I got the idea this will work. I don't know. There, yeah. yeah. So he meets with, he meets with Thorin, and Thorin tells him his sad. He knew about it. Gandalf knows everything. That's like the this book shuts, uh, sets up that Gandalf seemingly knows everything. And so Thorin's like moping in the, the the west with his like map and his miserable cousin, and like oh we could have made something ourselves. Like you know my family was a big deal two generations ago. I'm over here like toiling in the mines for someone or whatever. And Gandalf was like, well I. I can help you out. I don't know. It could be. It could be fun. We could just start something. See what right, happens. <laughs> Gandalf meets his dad. In yes. The, in the in the necromancer. Uh, in the in the dungeons, of, dungeons the of the necromancer. And everyone's like, "What's a necromancer?" He's like, "Shut up. That's not. I'm not telling you." <laughs> <laughs> really it would be really <laughs> stupid if he suddenly explained this. Would I, I can imagine explaining that in the Hobbit? Um, no, you'd never want to do that. He's just like, it's scary. And in fact, we leave us at Merc when he's like, okay, don't go close to the necromancer's thing. You see that big tower? Ta- like, if you ever see a big tower, go the other direction. I swear to God, don't go there. It sucks there. 
Um, um, but yeah, he like Thorin's just kind of like a layabout. And so Gandalf shows up and is like, well, you've got a plan. I've got some guys in a place where I think, like, I think they could make some of themselves. They haven't shown me yet, but I keep hoping they're like a pet project and I've got this map and maybe the three of us could rub this together and like make a fire happen. And mm-hmm. that, that's his plan. He's just a meddler in like the most delightful way. That's all he does <laughs> is like start shit to see what happens. I, he hasn't been in Hobbiton since old Took died. Yeah. Yeah, like Bilbo was a child. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I remember old Gandalf. And, and and he seemingly just chooses Bilbo because he's like, Well, I liked your grandpa, so like it'll probably be fine, right? <laughs> like your, your he could have chosen any cool. hobbit. Uh he just chose the one who's like related to a guy he knew. Um and would you not would you not use the same criteria if you needed to pick out a guy? Well, no, it's just that it you, could, came, you haven't been here in 60 years. It could have been any guy. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. It could, there, there wasn't, the criteria was not, like, so strict, you know? Well, well how do we f- feel about Gandalf's decision-making at the start of the book? Like, do you read this as Gandalf has, before the page one, decided, all right, Bilbo, he's my guy. Uh, I think so, because the whole thing is, like, Bilbo, even, like, you know, we're grading on a curve with hobbits, but, like, Bilbo's one of the hobbits that just seems slightly more receptive to this sort of thing than anyone else. But he's also, like, making an ass of himself during the first conversation in a way where Gandalf's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely my guy. (laughs) Yes. Well, he needs someone someone who is able to not immediately crumble under the dwarves' bluster, even if it looks like he's crumbling under the dwarves' bluster to everyone else. Yes. Right. There's also something to be said for the fact that even though hobbits aren't necessarily aspirational in the sense that other people are, like, Mm -hmm. Bilbo's taken care of. Mm. Bilbo yeah. has no like nowhere to reach toward in Hobbiton. Yes. So he also he doesn't have he doesn't have a wife or it doesn't have kids like mm-hmm. he's not part of a family unit. He's just a slightly well-to-do uh loner that Gandalf will pick up and put in mortal peril. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But also, like, the thing he spends his time doing is, like, he's got maps, he's got stories, right? He has things of the outside, but could never do that himself. God. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really like Bilbo, but he is the worst person ever. <laughs> he's not the worst person ever. <laughs> Thorin's right there. Thorin's definitely a worse person than Bilbo. <laughs> Thorin fucking sucks. Like, I'm he's... trying to remember things that Thorin has done in this book so far. Thorin, Thorin's like, my grandfather fought in Nam, and I, I carry that as a personal chip on my shoulder. Yeah, Thorin <laughs> really does that. is like... Yeah, because all he does is like, start putting on airs in the fucking Tolkien-esque, like, uh, I am Thorin, son of Thron, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and everyone's like, shut up. Who? Who? First of all, who? It's been 200 years. Second of all, you're going on a quest to get some gold. It's not really doing anything. And he's so superior well, to Bilbo. He, his, well, his, da- his grandfather was mutuals with Obama. And that means something. <laughs> <laughs> His whole thing well, is to go around and announce that he's supposed to be king. Not that he is king. Not that he has the power uh, that anyone is willing to signify that he's a king. Just that these 12 guys are willing to follow him to make him the king again. Whatever that means. Because there's not like a kingdom waiting for him. There's a there's a devastated mountain somewhere. <laughs> right. Because that's the other thing. Is that there's the, the other 12 dwarves who he just like... Thorin will occasionally be like, You 12, go do this for me. Like... I'm going to make the fucking plan, but I need all of you 12 to do it. Um, that's about all Thorin does. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit in the first chapter where it's like... Um, <sighs> the the dwarves take all the, the washing up out, because they're like, we've finished with the food, they want to wash up. Thorin didn't, though. He was too important and kept having uh, his like uh, operational check with Gandalf. <laughs> As they sit there, and Gandalf's like, ah, oh, here's the plan. And it's also when he introduces the concept of the adventure... Mm-hmm. And uh, Tolkien is like he would have gone on at length like this if he hadn't been interrupted. <laughs> without gone on at length like this without saying much of anything, I yeah, think is what it said. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he he puts on this big flowery speech and introduces uh, Bilbo to uh, his uh, claim to kingship, mm-hmm. such that it is. Um, you can't make a kingdom with just like fourteen guys. God damn it, Thorin's gonna try. <laughs> I mean, the thing—the thing that he—I think he says as much is that like all the surviving dwarves just kind of scatter to the winds. This is like just a dwarven mm-hmm. thing. Um, so if there's a king again, hopefully people will come back. 
Right. Um, there's like there's like other nuances. This was kind of back second half of the book, so we'll talk about it next time. Dwarves are always losing their halls and scattering to the winds. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Um. Yeah. They're just a. They're just a. They've had a hard time of it. <laughs> As a whole explanation of like Smaug in this book, because um, they start out with it, and they, they they put it all up front, uh, and they're like, okay, so dragons. They suck. <laughs> um, they steal all everyone's gold. They love to steal gold. They seemingly don't have any idea. They don't have no. They don't spend it. They don't have like, like an idea of money. But they do understand monetary value, and they love depriving <laughs> us of it. Like, they, like <laughs> I would. I would simply ask: Could we not adopt a form of currency that dragons wouldn't steal? I. Well, I but, think. I think what dragons want. I think the uh-huh. idea of Smog. I don't know how to say his name. Smog. I always said Smog as a kid, but I think Smaug. that br- that movie infected my brain to say Smog for some reason. I've always thought it was Smog. It is Smog. I'm pretty sure it's Smog. Okay, just so, like that um, Emerald version. I don't think you could invent <laughs> currency that the dragons wouldn't want because I think if you said I want that, Smog would be like I also want that. <laughs> That's how I took it as like the, the dragons are more just like these bestial reflections of what it means for humans to like decide rocks mean like a valuable. Right. Um, so like the way to I guess get smell off the rock would be to suddenly stop caring about all the gold right but they're, they're, they're going to steal it so that's not that's not a, not an option yeah they care so much about that they should everyone should just start saying i love collecting dark lords <laughs> <laughs> i love it when necromancers are in my pocket <laughs> and then smell would be like oh there's a ne- oh there's a one over there <laughs> There's nothing more valuable than when there's like two towers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the best valuable thing? Orbs. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I don't remember a damn thing about the back half of this book. Like, I, I know there's a battle of five armies. I know that, like, we're gonna get to the Misty Mountain. I know we're gonna go there nope. and back again. We did the Misty Mountains. That we did. Yeah, they're, they're, they're over the Misty. Mountain. They're under the Misty Misty Mountains. They did that. Yeah, they did I know that. everything that's gonna happen because I watched those movies. So I the like literally every scene is in the movies. The movies are really uh, like doggedly faithful, except when they're not. Like the well, scenes except when they're inventing shit for yeah, no but, reason. But it's like, but it, like the scenes in the movie that I remember are basically in this book exactly. It just then cuts to a shot of Legolas, who's there for some reason doing nothing, and, you know, because his, his dad's the, the king of this place. Yeah, the, it's it's the Legolas being in those movies is like, well, there's really no reason he couldn't be. So therefore, if he they has just to put be. Legolas in one shot of the like Mirkwood elves, that would be one thing. But he starts no, bouncing on those barrels. Yes. <laughs> Why is he at the barrels? Because the barrels have become a giant action set piece that makes up a big part of the second movie. I did know about that. I saw some clips of that. They, they fight orcs during <laughs> the a- barrel chase. <laughs> what? It's like five minutes. The big hey, action what? set piece is getting out of there. The barrels is just like, oh, you float down the river. Off the- well, no, they're see. being chased. and it's it's a whole- Look, we can't talk about those movies. Look, I refuse. The whole point yeah. is to not talk about the movies. Yes, yeah, sorry. You know sorry. But my, That's but- true. But my point is that I do know kind of what we have ahead of us because uh, I've seen them and I know like the the beat that happened. But uh, it's just interspersed with a bunch of bullshit that you know you'll you'll find out when you see the film. Um, the thing the thing I like that runs through all this, um, even this first half of the book and ends up being a big part of the second is they keep running across people who are just covetous. Like the hobbits like comfort and they like food and they like a nice warm place. But like Thorin wants his kingdom back. The the uh, the trolls have like a horde of things that they've collected off of dead adventurers. Like they have these swords that like, they're just like children with like, like, like Mm. fancy ancient guns. Like basically (laughs) they have no idea what to do with them. Uh, And they, they, you know, the like Gandalf and Thorin immediately like, ah, these are ours here. Have this knife, Bilbo. (laughs) Um, It doesn't quite well. It's fine. But like, um, and then you get to the goblins who we, they describe the goblins as like, they are they in, they like inventing things that hurt people and there's a whole bit i'm gonna actually find the passage where they talk where the narrator because this book has like a very like i'm telling you a story oral tradition narrator uh says uh let's see 
Um, hammers, axes, swords, daggers, pickaxes, tongs, and also instruments of torture they make very well, or get other people to make them to the design, prisoner and slaves that have to work till they die for want of air or light. It is not unlikely that they invented some of the machines that have since troubled the world, especially the ingenious devices for killing large numbers of people at once, for wheels and engines and explosions always delighted them. The goblins made guns. They made World War One happen. <laughs> this is this is where like this comes from in like Warhammer and shit. Where like the goblins are the ones with weird steampunk weapons. Yes, and the this humans is... have the power of God and swords. Yes, but this... the thing uh, the thing that's interesting about that is like the, the, like they leave that, then they meet Bayorn, who just wants people to leave him the fuck alone, and he's like a natural. He has they say that he has fields of beehives leading up to his house. Like he lives in like a communion with nature that is like impossible for modern people, where like dogs walk on their hind legs and bring him like food on trays like the, he just is this person but then he gets the elves and like elves are not creatures who are like involved with nature the elves there's a bit where they're like the elves want gold too and thranduil has like a beautiful crown and is like interested in their swords and they mention explicitly he doesn't make that they, the elves don't make stuff they don't have smitheries they just gather this stuff from other people like there's no there's not much difference between the the, the like the desire for acquisition that all of the peoples have other than the hobbits who just kind of want to chill and smoke some weed <laughs> um i love this vision of orcs mm -hmm. um as like i didn't read a lot of stuff with orcs in wait them. there there are no orcs there are no orcs in this they literally say the word orc mm -hmm. the the uh, the, the large, so. the, they describe the larger goblins as orcs yeah also this, the, the full this, this is uh, this is not super compatible with the rest of Lord of the Rings. I'll tell you that right now. No, I, I know that, but uh, like the full word is like has a whole note where it's like orc is translated as goblin and hobgoblin for the larger one sometimes. And orc is a new word that is not connected to like the orc as an orca for whales and everything. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know because this is doubly confusing because now I've had sixty years of you know Tolkien fantasy poisoning everything. Uh, so yeah, then right. going back and I'm, I'm splitting these things because I know of I know the like Tolkien as orc. It's a very different specific thing than these goblins, and I assume that that is why they are given different names, even though they are kind of similar as ideas. Yeah, they are they are similar. It's complicated. I any my point was that the the vision of orc type fantasy society of like those guys love like messing with like gadgets and creating stuff, and stuff always explodes nearby. And like, um, they're just the the people who are interested in creating new things like that in a setting, especially in a setting where like all the other cultures around them are all these very ancient, like steeped in tradition uh, things of like there's no there's there's no one is shaking up the dwarves, you know, mm -hmm. no one's shaking up Elrond. He's Elrond. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've always liked this version of, of the orc type of, like, very sort of chaotic and uh, innovative and creative. Um, I mean... As opposed to, like, further derivations of orcs that become huge green hulk guys that i don't like yeah the thing the thing here you that cannot be un, like overstated is tolkien as someone who like was in world war one sees innovation in a technological sense as wholly a negative thing there is nothing positive in any of these books about that mm -hmm. to devise machinations is to make evil things that's it huh period <laughs> yeah that makes sense with like the little bit of lord of the Rings stuff that i know i just hadn't thought about it from that way Showing um, Tolkien like Otacon, or like, like, <laughs> like, like oh, woe is me! I just wanted to invent cool things, but they were used for war. Tolkien just slapping them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, the goblins are cool. I like them. They're just little guys. Yeah, um, it's I did. You know, we the this is one of those things where like I I think about the movie version. I'm like, man, this fucking sucks. That movie's so fucking terrible. I can't believe they did this to us. Which movie version? 
the the uh, the Peter Jackson giant goblin king sitting on his weird CG throne with like a oh, billion okay. cat like uh, walkways crisscrossing in a giant cavern goblin I th- king. I thought you meant the do you know where orcs come from speech from fell- from uh, two towers I think or no those are, those are literally different creatures. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> no, no, yeah. that's stuff we'll talk about when we get to Lord of the Rings, because, like, Origin of the Orcs is, like, a debated thing in mm-hmm. token stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll watch the movie. Like, I, I would like to wait till we're done with all of this to watch the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be fun. I don't know that I can watch the Hobbit movies. Like, I, I don't I even know, know like, sh- it'll be part of a, this project. Maybe it'll just be me yeah. and Nora on a podcast yeah, somewhere. Maybe, I was going to yeah. say, anyone who should, like, the thing with the bonus episodes, it's like, I'm going to say, hey, who wants to watch The Hobbit 1977 with me? Uh, and whoever wants to show up will be on that episode. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying I probably um, won't. Like, I'm going to start breaking into the other stuff when we're done with Summerland. Like, I'm going to get through this project first, and then I'll, I'll get into the Yeah, ones. that makes sense. Uh, the other thing, speaking of, like, the ways in which, like, these echoes of modern British culture versus, like, old stuff, the riddle, uh, the riddle game, yes. uh, to- all of, all of Bilbo's riddles are, like, everyday things that he surrounds himself with. It's, like, like, just, like, little bits of modernity. Um, Gollum's riddles, in contrast, are, like, all pulled from antiquity. You can, like, find them from, like, various, like, Eddas or, like, Anglo-Saxon mythology. Like, riddles had, like, a cultural weight to them as, like, you know, tests of wit that, like, heroes underwent or just ways to, like, people to engage in communion with each other when they met. And all of Gollum's are, like, old and they have like the air of old they're all kind of like grim and creepy and weird and bilbo's are all just kind of chill and like oh i'm thinking about like you know normal things egg (laughs) egg yeah Uh, and the way in which that clashes and like presages the part where like bilbo and Gollum are both the same kind of person in the world like they're both like Gollum is is some like something close to if not a hobbit just hundreds of years removed like an older vision of that care of that kind of person mm. is really interesting yeah i um so th- this book is like pretty famously revised midway through um writing lord of the rings to like bring it more in line with specifically mm. chapter five um to bring it more in line uh, so I don't know what the original version of this chapter is like. I know, like, I have read, here's what the differences are, but I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if I'm Tolkien, I do understand why he pulls, um, like, Gollum forward and makes this sort of the linchpin of, like, his big thing, because um, Riddles in the Dark is just the best chapter in this book, probably. <laughs> I really fucking love Riddles in the Dark. Um, it's just It's just good shit. It's just, like, fun and tense and um like inventive i feel like it's not you know like it's pretty different from when bilbo just like i'm gonna pull out my fucking sword and fucking kill these fucking spiders (laughs) um i really love riddles in the dark um i was also Uh, excited Oh, I was also excited when uh, Nora said she was reading the Andy Circus uh, edition of the book, just audio to get uh, audio book, just to get some confirmation that he does do the voice. Of course, he does the voice. <laughs> Can you imagine if he didn't do the voice? I think I, it'd be funny if he didn't do the voice. I also think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did pop for the first time that he does the Gollum voice, <laughs> but he he has a lot more voices than uh, I. Andy Serkis is just a legitimately great actor, I feel like. Yeah. Um, You've played me some bits from his reading of The Hobbit, and I I certainly prefer the Rob Inglis version, but, like, I I think he does a pretty admirable job um, with it. I mean, the Rob Inglis stuff is, like, some of the most classic audiobooks of all time. Yes. Uh, It's unfair, but, like... You can't, like, put him up against the heavyweight champion of the world, you know? Yeah. But if you, um, if you, you know, if you just had to, if, if they didn't exist and someone was like, let's make modern Lord of the Rings and Hobbit audiobooks, I'm sure the uh, circus ones are pretty pretty good. Yeah. There is one more version of the Hobbit on all of them. Right, because there's that NPR radio drama version. Um, I don't know if I'm going to read that, but I, I do <laughs> want to listen to those BBC uh, adaptations of Lord of the Rings once we get, once we mm. get there. But mm-hmm. that's a long ways off. <clears throat> 
uh, what other what other bits do we want to hit uh, in this first half of the Hobbit? I, I had mostly a good time. Um, I'm also like, I'm itching for like some some real Lord of the Rings shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my yeah. thing with The Hobbit is just that I, because I got into this through Lord of the Rings, I think The Hobbit's like an interesting curiosity, but I just don't care that much, which seems rude. I had like a good enough time, but um, I'm also excited for when we're like doing four chapters an episode, not nine. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think that like um, one of the things that is true in Tolkien stuff, uh, and especially Lord of the Rings, as we get to it, um, is like you know the influential thing is these are these are about a world with a history, right? Uh, and the history is consistent, and the history is well, consistent and contested because it is always told to us through people who have their own perspectives uh, on the world. And we don't get lore in this, but we do get that theme in another way, which is that nobody knows anything except Gandalf and the stuff. That, like he kno- he knows the answers to basically everyone's problems, just doesn't doesn't go into it. Like he has a different perspective on everything happening because like Bilbo has just kind of like read some books and is getting on with some stuff. He doesn't know things about the world. Uh, whatever Gandalf is. Doing, Doing and that will eventually be filled in uh, has a historical context that not even like uh, Thorin, who has a historical context that is just like my family, uh, mm-hmm. could even like begin to conceive. No one's like thinking about the world in this way as they're like going through this adventure and kind of comedically running into and picking up uh, now three armies, I guess. So two more to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what all the five armies are. Well, we got the goblins. We got the Merkwood elves. Wait, the wargs are different from the goblins. I thought so, but I could be wrong about that. Is it the wargs don't really show up again? I don't think in the book. So it's it's humans, elves, dwarves, goblins, and hobbits are the five armies. No, no, No. yeah, yeah, the fucking Shire (laughs) army shows up. (laughs) (laughs) The Shire famous for its standing army. Yeah. Oh, Bilbo, I can't believe you made us form an army to come and get you. I'm so mad the Turks are there. Oh, that you know what? That'd be great. I'm back on board again. <laughs> um, there was another thing I was going to say, and now I completely fell out of my head. Oh, the thing about Gandalf is, for as much as he's the character who knows everything, he's also the character that is operating the most on, like, just faith that things will work out. Like, he mm. has this plan, but he doesn't, he doesn't actually know it's going to work. That's the thing. He thinks it might, and he's, like, interested in seeing what'll happen. But, like, he's, like, a character who op- operates on, like, hunches and, like, a belief in the universe. Like, he does, he, he saw the map, but he didn't know about the, like, moon runes that explained how to actually get in the door until they found out in Elrond's place. Like, Elrond points out, and Gandalf's like, shit i didn't know i just was going making it up as i went along uh bringing bilbo on is like a is not a thing where he's like he knows it's going to work it is a calculated risk he's just a guy who believes that things will work out um this is like, and i think that's just true in general for like that character this is like a thing that i uh right before the eagles show up like Gandalf is, like, jumping out of the tree. He's like, I don't know, I'm just gonna jump down there, start killing goblins, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, his plan, his plan when the goblin, when the, like, wargs attack, he, he's literally, like, lighting pine cones on fire with his magic and tossing them at them. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not I mean, exactly, like, a well-considered plan. They are all, like, trapped in a tree as Gandalf starts throwing, like, AoE magic at them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, shitty, low-level AoE magic. Yes. That's yeah. it. A, a thing that I forgot slash didn't know, I guess, is that, like, Gandalf is, like, not all-powerful <laughs> in any no. way. <laughs> um, he's an evocation specialist in, in D&D terms. He's really on, on that fire magic, specifically. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, he knows a few... Um, Invisibility would, would invisibility be? I guess he would blows be. a hole in the Goblin King. Yeah, <laughs> that is the thing that happens in this book where Bill was like, looks at the Goblin King, and then suddenly there's a hole, and he's looking through the Goblin King. <laughs> Gotta have a fuck you missile, up. baby. <laughs> um, Gandalf's really fun. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just, he's a he's a wizard. It is really funny the way he just fucks off. <laughs> like, I'm not going into Mirkwood, so I don't have to well, give this horse like, back later, bitch. He, I he love does... the bit where he's like, don't go right, you'll just run into the Necromancer, and we've already established what that is, which just shows that, like, I guess Thorin's dad did not want to go through Mirkwood. <laughs> um, there's something he does. Gandalf does something, and someone's like, oh, so it's some good being a wizard then. 
<laughs> you get some, you get something out of it then. <laughs> I don't remember what spell he casts, but yeah, this is just a road trip. Yeah, a road trip to sort of it's like a all dungeon any percent <laughs> speed run of the wild. It's a road trip with Bilbo, Gandalf, and three thirteen guys who are not characters. Plus one guy who's sort of a character. So twelve guys who aren't really characters. Well, Thor, yeah, Thorin's a character. The rest of the, the rest of them are basically interchangeable, except Bomber's fat. That's the exactly. one. And Killian so feel young, so they get to do all yes. the shitty things. Uh, yeah. Though, um, what young means for a dwarf is like anyone's guess. Honestly, they said that, like fifty years. I think yeah. It was, like, the, the I mean, 50 Bilbo's fifty in this. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess that is going to bring us to the close on our first episode here. Yeah. Uh, unless anyone has any last minute thoughts about the first half of The Hobbit. Uh, it's fun. It's a good time. I just I just like all the dumb jokes that is mostly like cin- centered on like linguistic bullshit that Tolkien is doing from mm-hmm. here. It's I, a very funny book. It's, it is fun to switch from Brandon Sanderson to Tolkien. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, Sanderson's whole intent being a very direct, very clear uh, prose, uh-huh. versus this just having a great time. Yeah, just... the, to- the the prose is the point, yeah. in some, on some level. Um, <laughs> Gandalf, like, def- defeats the trolls by basically... Like cupping his hands and yelling, "No, you're gay!" at them over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere, George Lucas is like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what? G- George Lucas. It's just the scene of the uh, Obi Wan with the Tusken Raiders. Oh yeah, I didn't make that connection at all. Yeah. I you were oh, that, that was Lucas was gay. <laughs> <laughs> um. The thing I wanted to do was I was I wanted to pick out my favorite little line from each section of chapters. Oh, do we do we want to just each give our favorite line, maybe? Or, or, well, I don't or, have one. If you don't didn't, have that, didn't yeah, make you had to tell us in advance. No, I need to tell us the segments before. I wasn't going to do it as a group thing. I was going to bring my own. Okay. Like, oh, here's a fun little phrase or or thing okay. that stood out to me. Okay. And I do have one, if, but if y'all want to say what your favorite like set piece of this, I said riddles in the dark. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a strong pick. Yeah. Um, the 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 phrase that has stuck in my mind this whole time mm-hmm. was it was a it was a beautiful golden harp, and when Thorin struck it, the music began all at once. So sudden and sweet that Bilbo forgot everything else and was swept away into dark lands under strange moons, far over the water and very far from his hobbit hole under the hill. That's just I, the uh, dark lands under strange moons just stuck in my head for a while after I read it. Yeah. So. <sighs> well, ones I guess. I guess we'll... I've got one. I've got one. Sorry, I was flipping on mute because I was like, where did I put my highlights? <laughs> <laughs> Um, mine is from relatively early, uh, when they are at Elrond's place. There's just a great narrating line. Uh, now it is a strange thing, but things that are good to have and days that are good to spend are soon told about and not much to listen to, while things that are uncomfortable, palpitating, and even gruesome may make a good tale and take a deal, uh, take a deal of telling anyway. Uh, which is the best way to say nothing happened and it's boring to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. They had a great time. Great time. As someone who has to do a podcast where I talk about what I've been doing uh, every two weeks, sometimes you're like, I, I just, ha- I was just chilling. You can't <laughs> describe vibes. <laughs> oh, oh, the, I do, the, I, I, oh, you, you do. You go, you go. Uh, I need to find the specific phrase. I um, have the specific phrase in front of me. You, if you, you, want you, me go, you go, you go, you go, you go. Um, uh, so there, Bilbo has the ring on and he's taunting the spiders to get them away from the dwarves and he's singing a song at them. Uh, and... God damn it. 
<laughs> After he sings the song, it's uh, he, there's a line that says, yep. "Quite apart from the stones, no spider ever liked being called Addercop." And Tom Naughty, of course, is insulting to anybody. I don't know what either of those words are, but but it is said with such a, like a matter of factness that I like laughed out loud. Oh, okay, thank God that wasn't actually mine. Mine's close oh, to that. Okay. Uh, I can't find the specific uh specific word where is it it's the bit where uh bilbo sings that song and then the narrator's like uh this song sucks because bilbo was freestyling <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> not very good perhaps but then you must remember that he had to make it up himself on the spur of a very awkward moment <laughs> i'm just imagining like bilbo is basically going it's a picture of new york it's a picture of new york and i'm losing my mind <laughs> the whole book is filled with like people making up songs in the moment and as soon as bilbo tries to do it he sucks <laughs> it's so funny i love that bit <sighs> Yeah, had like a great shortly, time. <laughs> shortly yeah. after this, the dwarves are gonna are gonna be singing songs about barrels, and they didn't write that song ahead of time. But their songs are great. You mean the elves. Oh yes, the elves. Thank you. Well, the dwarves come in, they immediately start singing songs about Bilbo, who they didn't know. <laughs> uh, so it's not like they're really prepared. But damn, I love when Tolkien just like it's time for some songs, and they're like, "Tra la la, I went to the river." <laughs> <laughs> Jackson. Yes. Where can people find you online? You can find me online at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find any podcast that I'm on mostly at abnormalmapping.com. Bunch of cool podcasts there. Please go listen to them. Em, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support me and Jackson's podcast at patreon.com slash normalmapping. One dollar gets you the great Gundam project. We continue to be watching Turn A Gundam with uh, Austin Walker, and we also started Planetes, which is a cool anime about people in, like, the year 2070 trying to clean up space junk. They just, like, live and work in space. It's good. It's a really good show uh, so far, so check that out. Autumn. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find all my other podcasts at exportodd.io. You should check out Hot Singles, which just put out an episode today, um, where we talked to Buchanan about um, James Blake's first album and Age of by What a Tricks Point Never and Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler the Creator. And uh, Boo is just a delight. Uh, she's great fun to have on a podcast. That's all. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. Our intro and outro music comes from The Hobbit Suite by John Sangster, which is a jazz interpretation of The Hobbit, (laughs) Uh, which was just delightful. Yeah, we just found this uh, while we were doing the last episode, and I love it, and so it's the music now. Yeah, and he also has another album uh, that is a musical interpretation of The Lord of the Rings, which you will hear more of in... Four weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you go to exportodd.io and give us a dollar, you can get ep- episodes of this podcast and a bunch of other podcasts early. Yeah. Hot Singles, Ornate Stairwells, uh, uh, Gotham City Limits, some other stuff, I'm sure. Ars Arcanum. Ars Arcanum. If you like us talking about books, but you might want to hear us read a bad book that we didn't enjoy. Soon we will read a good book. Yes. So soon. We have Ars Arcanum, which is a podcast focused on Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere multiverse yeah. uh, sort of fantasy series. And um, we read the first book, Elantris, that was the first book he ever published. Sucks ass. It's not a very good book. But soon we'll be starting Mistborn. Shit is... rules. Thank you. <laughs> um, Fucking sick as hell. <laughs> uh, Mistborn, which is a fantastic book. And uh, despite not having a good time with Elantris, we're still generally fans of Sanderson's future writings. Yeah. Um, but that's the Bag End Book Club. Until next time, read for Ruin and the Red Dawn.
Oh, boom! Buttons hit. We're I doing did it. it. I was like half a second late. It'll be fine. It's the goddamn, it's the fucking podcast, mate. If you're fine adjusting it, that's okay. But I, I was like, ah, scrambling to click play. Hack the Hobbit. Good morning. Oh, we're just going? Speak, friend, the fucking Hobbit. the Bag and Book Club. Nora, do it again. <laughs> Nora, do it again. I'm not doing it again. Y'all talked <laughs> no, no, no. over it. Any other episode <laughs> would be fine, but this is the first episode. So you have to actually do it properly before we okay. start being belligerent. All this can be after the outro music.